0: Hi everybody, we are Matt and Kevin, and welcome to Season 2 of the Believe in Overwatch League Podcast on the Believe Podcast Network, the number one podcast network for professionals. Please like, rate, and subscribe to us on all your favorite podcast platforms. You can also find us on social media at Believe in OWL and
1: Believe.com. This week, the coronavirus continues to hit homestands, and we look at the new hero pools for the league and the games that were played at the Washington Justice homestand hello hello everybody
0: welcome to this week's new segment of the believe in overwatch league podcast hope everybody has been safe and washing your hands and not touching your face and not hoarding all of the supplies um i didn't realize how much i touched my face until this week
1: yeah they they tell us not to you know just keep your hands off your face but then you're like it's instinct almost uh to just be like oh i have to scratch this or Uh, especially for me as a person who wears glasses a lot like I tend to you know adjust my glasses quite often Um, but I have been slowly moving back over to my contacts so I don't have to worry about that
0: yeah I just my hands are always like my face is always resting on my hands or or whatnot and doing stuff so this is this has been a struggle for me Anyway, how have you been doing this week?
1: I've been doing all right. Coaching my team, did some team bonding exercises this week um, to make sure that everybody's on the same page and communicating. Um, we played Mafia, so that was pretty fun. Um, it got got the team to talk a little bit. Like Most of the time, they don't have time to hang out with each other. So yeah. um, giving them something every weekend to kind of hang out and be like, okay, we're, we're all friends here. We're all just trying to get to the same goal here. Um, and that that's all i really wanted i just need my team to you know be there and be present with each other um and that's the best way to go about it
0: team bonding is important like if you don't know and trust the people you're with how are you gonna how are you gonna be an effective player with them
1: exactly like um i i wanted to i was planning on uh having everybody come over and go over to like an arcade and karaoke room um but with the current uh climate of the coronavirus so a lot of people don't want to go outside so um we have to just figure out what we're gonna do instead um uh, at least we have overwatch but uh it's nothing beats like hanging out with people in an actual like land experience yeah now uh, how about you matt anything new in in your world
0: i'm just getting ready to uh to be part of this play starting this week and next week um Trying to figure out if the Film Fest that I was hired back on, the LA Asian Pacific Film Fest, is still going to happen. I hope it does because, one, I love the Film Fest, and two, I need the money. So that's where I'm at. I hope that we can find a way to to get this going. Um, Because all all the bands in place are currently until April. The Film Fest isn't until May. So fingers crossed. All right, so let's get into the news of this week. So this is going to be the second week that the league and I guess the rest of us are having uh, hero pools. Um, So the heroes banned this week were Winston, Soldier 76, Sombra, and Lucio. Um, Some interesting stats about this is that this weekend was the first time that Soldier 76 was played for more than 30 seconds this season. Um, and he was immediately banned afterward. Um, if we want to look at the stats for how often these characters were played, because um, the way that the League is doing it is based on the percentage of how long these characters are played. Um, as long as it's over 10% um, of the time, then the hero is fair play. So for the tank heroes, it was Diva at 92.6%. Winston at thirty-two point five percent and Orisa at eighteen percent. So there's a, there's a quite a disparity there between the three tanks available. Um, it kind of evens out a little bit on the support heroes, who are Ana at sixty-one percent, Lucio at about fifty-four percent, Brigitte at thirty-nine, and Zenyatta at twenty-seven. And then for the damage heroes, uh, Mei was at fifty-eight point five. Tracer was at 32, Sombra was at 21.7, and Soldier was at 14.7%. Um, this kind of goes back to what I was saying last week about how I'm not, I am not—I don't really agree with how, with the Overwatch League, it's kind of a, as long as you hit that 10% threshold, you have a, a an even chance of being kicked off of this week's available hero roster. I think that they should do it. If they really are trying to move the meta the way they say they are, They should have a a kind of a a system where it it correlates to how often the hero is played. Um, For example, May has been picked pretty much every week this entire season. Um, She was in the hero pool last week. She's in the hero pool this week. Um, She's over half, she's picked over half the time. Um, And she's still in there while Soldier 76 at a very low 14% is, is still the first one picked and he got picked three times in a row in that drum before we got the Sombra pick. I I like the idea of the hero pool. I like the idea of, of what they're doing. I just don't think that the execution is up to the level where it could be as effective as it could be to, to move this meta.
1: Yeah, I totally agree. I feel like the number of slips in the drum should be equal or have a ratio that reflects the amount of time that they're either picked or how often, you know, it it's played in the pool. Because honestly, like, if we consider how often Diva and May are being played, um, it it should take up most of the drum. It should take up most of it. But instead, um, we get the very thin outliers, which happen to be Soldier seventy six, and that's due to the fact that like this week's hero pool banned McCree and Widow. So you don't really have the option for hit scan other than Soldier Seventy Six, so that's why that's a thing. And then Sombra was played kind of just as a minor counter, I guess. But it really should be curated either by the uh, by the Overwatch team, or um, have the slips be you know more balanced out to sh- to reflect the meta that they're trying to hit.
0: Do you think that there's there's a way for, uh, do you think that they're going to stick with this for the entire um, run of the season or if, if they get enough feedback and if this keeps happening where um, the heroes that really would push the meta are still being kept in, is there a way that they w- would alter it a little bit to, to get to that point? Or is it just going to be this is our system, we're going to stick with it for now until something maybe uh, really forces us to push and change?
1: I think that they're going to keep the system as it is. Um, They might do the ratio thing, which would make me feel honestly a lot better. But I think that it's still going to be a random draw um, every week, just because Mm -hmm. it is something it's like watching the lottery, like having people come in and be excited for, oh, who's going to get banned this week. Um, So it's a little bit of the showmanship of the, of the hero pool, but it's also just like, um, it's kind of weird in the way how it's balanced out right now. Um, so I feel like once again, if they fix the ratios, it'd be a lot more uh, relieving to see. Uh, but at the same time, we want to kind of keep it up in the air so it's not always predicted every week.
0: Hmm. Honestly, though, like watching the the picks that happened this week, I um, I I do like what the hero pool did. We got to see a lot of. Uh, of unconventional heroes like the soldier 76 that uh, we probably wouldn't have seen. Otherwise Um, we got to see a lot of the the, uh, players playing their classic heroes. We got to see Dante on Tracer. We got to see Mooma on um, uh, his Winston. So um, I, I do think that this is a good move. I just think it could be refined a little bit more.
1: Yeah. It just has to be refined to fix literally the, the amount of slips given to barely 10% like heroes. Um, they they just need to make it more reflective of the amount of time played. So this is kind
0: of a, this story can, it takes a lot of different um, aspects. It's also going to call back a, a thing that I've been wanting to talk for about for a little while, which involves Ninja. But anyway, Chipsa allegedly challenged Carpe to a 1v1 um, duel and the loser would get benched for the week. Um Chipsa promptly lost. Not by a huge margin. They were kind of even towards the end, but I think um, from what I did see of this um this stream, uh Carpe was a little bit better at managing his abilities, and he did gain the upper hand on Chipsa. Um Chipsa then started raging and, and just couldn't. He's I think the, he lost against uh Carpe's tracer. So Carpe managed his blinks very well, and he's Chipsa was like, "How does he have that many blinks? That's impossible. That's there. There's something wrong here." <clears throat> he blamed his loss on bugs, instead of um instead of just accepting the fact that he got outplayed in this one instance. Um, I'm I'm not sure how it would have been had it the shoe been on the other foot and and Chipsa had won and maybe Carpe had said it was bugs. Would would what would Chipsa be saying in that instance? Um, for me, this goes to another story that happened a couple of weeks ago that we haven't been able to talk about, but, um, Ninja who made his name playing Fortnite, streaming Fortnite had that big, um, partnership with Drake. And I think it was Nike to, to stream Fortnite. No Adidas. It was with Adidas to stream Fortnite. Um, he posted to his Twitter saying the phrase, it's just a game is such a weak mindset You are okay with what happened, losing, imperfection of a craft. When you stop getting angry after losing, you've lost twice. There's always something to learn, always zoom for improvement, never settle. Um, Now, while I do agree with the last part of that tweet, the first part where he's saying, if you're not angry, then you suck, Uh, then you're not competitive, then you're you're really not taking this seriously. That's where I take issue with because um, Overwatch... Uh, throughout its history has been known for having a very toxic community. Um, And and someone like Ninja, who even though I don't really like Fortnite and I I don't really care about what Ninja does or what he says, because I just don't agree with him. um, You can't deny that he has a big following. He's, he has a big presence in the world of esports. People pay attention to him, um, give him credit. He did pretty much make streaming and, uh, video games and esports a a mainstream thing that people who otherwise didn't know about this field would pay attention to it but that being said with such a, a heavy platform saying something like this is is very damaging because it validates a lot of the people who who do rage who do get angry and will say terrible things to other people who will start being racist just in the excuse that they're angry that they lost um And then while there were people who did agree with him who defended his position, there were just as many people who said, no, this isn't right. Like just because you lose, doesn't give you an excuse to, to say terrible things to people. And I, I don't have the tweet in front of me right now, but uh, I did see that Malik was on the side where just because you lost doesn't, and because you don't get angry, doesn't mean that you're not taking this seriously. It just means that you're not angry about it. Like, I feel like this is a very immature position for someone of Ninja's caliber and his platform to take. But then again, like that's the culture of of the internet, of video games, of esports. It's a very, I hate to say it, it's a very immature culture where um, people are allowed to get away with this. Um, my worry is that with, with people like Ninja saying this, and with this being the dominant culture, you've got people like PewDiePie who whenever they say something racist, it, they just defend it as, oh no, I'm I'm joking or I'm angry. I, I'm allowed to say it because I have this platform. We're like, I'm sorry, but then they turn around and do it again. I know a lot of people who play Overwatch do pay attention to um, Fortnite and what he does. What do you think this does to, to the community of
1: Overwatch seeing something like this? Um, I, I think if it were somebody in our field, like, let's just say, I, like example, if this was XQC, saying this i feel like it would affect overwatch a lot more um but at the same time like i do understand where ninja's ideas and concepts are but i dislike the idea that you have to be angry about it like the way how i'll go back to my personal experience here when i started playing overwatch i was pissed all the time i was mad that i couldn't win i was mad that i couldn't like play at the caliber that i wanted to um and it wasn't until i played on a team that i realized that i shouldn't be mad at anyone other than myself um like i shouldn't be letting it out on other people because that's not their fault it is my fault for not playing at the best that i can and that that's literally what the difference of mentality is like I learned that, okay, yeah, I messed up here. I pushed myself to the limit, I know my limits now I have to I have to keep going um and you know get to that point um and know when to back off. so if anything, it got to a point where I know where my limits are in terms of you know being a hero and being on the on the team um and when it comes to being angry at the game, it doesn't mean that. You're not passionate about the game. Um, You're you can be like disappointed at times. You can you're allowed to have emotions about your game. Just don't let it affect the way how you play, or the way how you treat people in game. Because for the most part, we're all here to play the game. We're all here trying our best. Um, If you're if you're willing to take a more chill approach to it, that's fine. That's on you. Um, But I do understand like. Ninjas essentially just saying, um, if you're not passionate about the game, why are you playing competitive? Um, but he just essentially worded it in just a really terrible way. Like if you're not angry about it, um, you're you're allowed to be disappointed. You shouldn't push your anger onto the other players in the lobby.
0: Although I I gotta say that Chipsa just blaming it on on the bugs kind of kind of makes me laugh a little bit about it, because no one's denying that chips is a good player it was a close fight but to say that carpe only won because of bugs that's that's not doing you any favors dude it just makes you look bad
1: yeah you're discounting. you're trying to discount greatness you have to consider that carpe has been in this league since season one and you're literally the fresh guy who are just who's just coming into this whole space you're gonna have like and plus plus if you want to go back to the whole like ninja thing um Chips has made his name off of being a streamer and being angry and pissed when he can't get like literally an entire team to play behind him. Um he he gets mad. Um and that's literally the difference between a great player, a good player and a great player. Carpe is very composed. If you've ever seen him, like like even after he loses a match, he's he doesn't let it really get to his head um chips on the other hand he's willing to just like rage out completely and just get mad at everything so i hope that like if anything playing against carpe chips can can pick up on that mentality of like okay it might be it's not always like you know the, the game's fault we're we're always you know it's all buggy whatever um it's the way how you take it and the way how you play the game um this is probably why we haven't seen Chips start at all. Uh, Carvish has been winning every 1v1 for the past, you know, six weeks or whatever.
0: <laughs> okay, so moving on to what I think is definitely the biggest story of not just Overwatch, but of the world right now. Coronavirus has really been taking a toll on every big gathering that we we've typically had during our year. South by Southwest has been canceled. Um, Coachella and Stagecoach have been postponed. E3 was just announced to have been, uh, was it postponed or canceled?
1: I think it's canceled now.
0: Okay, E3 canceled. Um, schools are changing their their format from having in-person classes to being entirely online. Um, a lot of professors are in light of this are either moving their finals online or just saying, screw it, we're not having a final, Um, stay safe, Um, good luck. And so for for Overwatch League, um, what happened is it started with Paris saying that their homestand was canceled. This is not including all the stuff that's already been canceled so far. So France banned gatherings over, and it depends on the numbers that I've seen, either 1,000 or 5,000 people. They banned big gatherings And a lot of people were worried, oh, what does this mean for the Paris homestand? Um, And considering how in Europe you have either the London Spitfire or the Paris Eternals to go and see their their games in person, um, I would think that more people would be willing to go to the Paris game because uh, of the travel restrictions in the UK now because of of Brexit. Um, And and while I, I... Initially, it seemed kind of weird to me that 5,000 people would want to go see just a normal game and not a big like grand finals event. Um, considering that probably Paris is the easiest thing, the only thing you can really get to in Europe right now, there's a good chance that a lot of fans would want to go see that. So with Italy shutting down, um, the, the Paris regulation on, on number of people gathering, uh, the Eternals decided that they were going to have to cancel their homestand. So that that also brings up the question, that brought me to question, would the UK follow suit? Um, would they would they still hold their their stand or would they just play it safe and say, yeah, we're not gonna we're not gonna have it? Turns out it didn't really matter anyway, because um after the San Francisco shock announced their cancellation of their homestand this morning, um, the Overwatch League overall decided that all of the uh, homestands in March and April are completely canceled. Um, I just got an update on Twitter from my friend Alex Stedman, who works at Variety, that Al Commissioner Pete Velastolica, Vales- I hope I pronounced that correctly, uh, clarified that the matches will still take place on broadcast. However, the events surrounding them are canceled. So we're still going to get the games. It's just all all the money that went into buying tickets, buying, uh, renting these spaces, all the merchandise, everything, that's out the window. This is not encouraging. Obviously, this is not this is not any fault of, of Blizzard. This is something that no one could have foreseen. As much as we we uh, ha- on this podcast have talked about how maybe it wasn't the right time for the home stands, this is just circumstance after circumstance rolling together to make a really unfortunate situation. Although I do think at this point they're kicking themselves for not having kept Blizzard Arena
1: yeah i totally agree if we still had blizzard arena this would be like a great like you know fallback fail safe kind of deal um but right now the way how the climate of the coronavirus is um we're not gonna have kind of the same gravity that we did um going into season two uh, the cool thing that happened though if we want to compare this to other tournaments um at i katowice which was in poland uh they played with no audience in the crowd um it was just literally a couple people uh just the teams coming in and playing in an empty arena so to say but the streaming numbers that came out of that there was 1.1 million concurrent viewers to watch the finals of that and that was going on from that was going on like i think it was either last week or two weeks ago um 1.1 million concurrent viewers with over 14 million hours viewed. So it just shows that, yes, if we did this all online and still had players playing on a LAN tournament, we'd be good. We'd still have a lot of people tuning in to watch. Um, And I feel like that's just the way how Overwatch League should go. But if they can't make that transition, I wouldn't mind if they canceled it like canceled season three completely and just said you know what we're not going to come out with overwatch league season three until overwatch 2 is dropped uh that way you could kind of follow the same wave as uh overwatch 2 when it actually does hit the hit the market
0: i think in general people if if that did happen people would understand um considering the international uh, situation that's happening right now but on the other hand do you do you think that the league would survive that because i mean overall overwatch has been has complaints of it being a a dead game and even with the the new changes like experimental card and uh the hero pools it's not had the the same kind of community it had at the beginning so with the absence of overwatch League, do you think that the community would be as robust as it could be
1: uh i think that For sure, you're gonna lose a couple people who were there just to watch the highly competitive games. Um, if you're trying to keep the community together for Overwatch, I definitely think that you have to have more um, in game events and things that do keep the community together. Um, we understand that they're trying to listen to what we're having to say, doing a lot more changes, but once again, we all know that they're putting resources into this next game that we're not ready for or essentially like once overwatch 2 like drops um we'll kind of know all the answers of what blizzard is thinking um but for now we're just kind of riding the wave knowing that right now we probably won't get any more heroes or if we do it's only going to be like one or two heroes until the release of overwatch 2 um and know that they their per like Blizzard is pulling like stepping off the gas in terms of constantly updating Overwatch itself because they're so busy working on the next one. So that's kind of how I feel. It's they they're trying to make the transition as fluid as possible, but they are gonna have to give up some like resources into Overwatch one to put it into Overwatch two
0: honestly this is as much as it does it's gonna hurt a lot of people economically it's just, it's a disappointment to the fans but there really was no other option at this point They're, they had no choice to, but to to cancel these homestand events
1: so we got a new experimental card you know, on the technically the main client now because this experimental card is on the main client Uh, where they kind of just played around with a couple of the cooldowns. And there's some that I feel like we just need to address that I think will be a lot beneficial or broken, depending on how you want to look at it. Um, One of the big ones, one of the first ones, as a matter of fact, was Ash. Bob can't be slipped. That was one of the things in the experimental card. So um, Blizzard was afraid that every single time that Bob comes out, he just gets instantly slept by Anna, and that's the end of it. Like Bob can't be slept anymore. He can uh, he can be hacked, but he can't be slept. Um, another one is that Maze Ice Wall. Uh, the cooldown from it going up to thirteen seconds rather than ten, um, and then another slightly different change um, is that Diva's boosters went from the three seconds that it is right now to four seconds so it's just a little bit longer so yeah that's what those are the big ones that i wanted to discuss um they they bumped orisa's fusion drivers back up to whatever it was at first but um right now we are currently balanced out way how the experimental card is played
0: this is a lot less drastic than the last experimental card they did the last experimental card being the three two one i i know that they they teased uh when they were talking about experimental card they talked about it as essentially another version of ptr that wouldn't necessarily go live but would give people the opportunity to to test thing to play with things that um the devs have been toying around with um just after what the last experimental card was i thought it'd be a lot more drastic things than this
1: no i do agree like we this is really mellowed down. This is literally like a PTR patch. Just, you know, just test it out. But I do like some of the things that they're playing around with. I do like the change to them to the ice wall. I don't know about I don't know if the Bob changes if they will go through. And if they do, if that will actually increase the pick rate of Ash. Um I, I do feel like Bob gets countered really hard, but at the same time, like it either forces the team to focus him down. Or to try to deal with him some other way. Um, but yeah. I I do like this experimental card a little bit more. Because it just is a PTR patch. Um, but it is a good way to show what the devs are thinking. But once again, it does come down to the question of like, then what does the PTR do? Like, Do we need the PTR anymore um, if we're going to have experimental cards?
0: Right. Another piece of news that, um, that just happened. I think today, what was it? Um, about an hour and a half ago, um, Michael Chu, who is in charge of the story on overwatch, uh, tweeted that he's now leaving blizzard. This has left a lot of, from what I've seen in the comments, a lot of rift in the community. Um, a lot of people are like, wait, what does this mean for Overwatch 2? No, he should have stayed. Or like, oh, I really like the story. There are other people who are like, oh, good. He left too many holes in his story that they had to retcon. We should get someone else in there now. I, I'm just curious as to um, what this means. Because Overwatch started with Michael Chu on the story. Um, did he leave them like notes as to what he wanted the story to be? Does does his opinion... Or, his original vision of the story matter at this point like what direction is going to happen with overwatch does this mean overwatch 2's um complete story arc has been done are are they going to retcon what he did whenever they get a new writer a lot of a lot of questions
1: yeah there are a lot of questions when it comes to michael Chu leaving um he's been on the scene for or at blizzard for 20 years and now he's has on to something else that he hasn't quite announced yet but um I do agree that a lot of people enjoyed the story of Overwatch, just the way how the characters interact. And um, it kind of, it was a rich story, but I do agree with other people that, you know, it has been inconsistent at times. There are moments where, for example, like everybody thought that D.Va was a Starcraft 2 champion um, for the longest time. They retconned that, so she's just good at esports. i am 100 percent adamant that they definitely said she was starcraft 2 yeah so um yeah they they retconned that uh they retconned a lot of extra like bits to kind of fit in with a different story and once again like they changed how moira was now the person
0: who turned reaper into reaper instead of it being mercy that was a big change yeah
1: so we have all of those inconsistencies going out um and yeah, it, it does leave questions up in the air in terms of who wrote Overwatch 2. Is it still Michael Chu's story or is it is it different? Um, and honestly, I, I feel like Michael Chu kind of built the world. Um, I feel like it's okay to have a new narrator or a new person to kind of push it through the right. way how it is. As long as they keep the original like thought of Overwatch in mind... Um, we could only make it better and that'll just come down to the way how people are taking the stories and running with it. So um, I I wish Michael Chu good luck on whatever he's going to be doing in the future, but I think Overwatch is going to be in good hands um, and I hope that we get to see that come out either during new comics or when Overwatch 2 drops.
0: Yeah, with the people who've been writing the the stories that Blizzard has been releasing, um, writing those comics, working on those shorts. I don't think that there's any any lack of talent out there. It's just who is Blizzard going to uh, put in charge next, and when?
1: So Activision Blizzard had a sh- very slight spike in terms of sales and stock um, going into Wednesday. Um, we we do agree, like we, we had a huge discussion about this, um, at, at my new secret project that I still can't even talk about, which sucks. Um, but, um, yeah, blizzard stock jumped and lots of people were thinking that it's because of, you know, the Chinese market really does enjoy blizzard, um, enjoy their games. Um, so it would be, uh, what is it? Overwatch? If people want to buy more loot boxes and the way how that looks, but I think most of it is coming from like World of Warcraft because it is one of the most uh, most played uh, MMOs ever. So people are going to be spending more money on it so that they can play more because they are either quarantined or self quarantining themselves. So um, Blizzard is definitely sitting at a better position.
0: At I guess, at least something. Slightly positive happened to Blizzard because of all of this.
1: Yeah, they're getting they're just getting a little bit more out of microtransactions than uh than we normally would. So I'm glad that we uh can at least like say that they're doing okay, but we we won't know about the Overwatch League or how the rest of uh the world is going to be handling the coronavirus as we keep moving forward.
0: Mm-hmm. Trying to think of anything else was really all that significant for the news. Oh, no, there's one more story that I I do want to mention. So Swimmer, who plays on the Boston Uprising, posted a tweet that said, my grandma has been texting me about wanting to learn more about Overwatch so she can cheer me on when I play. And he posted an image of their text conversations. And I guess they're talking about the hero pools right now. So Swimmer said, they are randomly selected grandma does it mess with your play not really just changes who i play do they have different powers yes and then his grandma says i'm trying to learn thank you it means a lot i will understand the game better it's very very sweet considering how a lot of as you skew into to um, older populations they don't really understand um esports as a sport or as a thing a lot of the older you get it seems that more people are dismissive of it so this is just a really sweet thing that um his grandmas willing to learn about uh Overwatch to support him
1: yeah it's just something that brings people together really like i i tried to show my parents what Overwatch was because they're always like why why are you screaming so late at night i'm like <laughs> uh i'm playing a game with a bunch of my friends and they're like what's so exciting about this and it's not until like i bringing in the whole commentator half of it as well um say like this is like watching a bunch of it's like it's like watching basketball if there was like two balls on the field at the same time like you you have to choose between like there's two things going on either at the same time or they're trying to force them to do one thing it's just insane um but once you start understanding what's going on you could really get invested um so I'm just trying to break it down for them uh like why is this important why is this fun like why why do I enjoy this Yeah um and that's pretty much the bridge that we just need a gap people just think oh we're just sitting around playing video games but there is a whole competitive aspect to this
0: Yeah my parents don't understand it at all they think it's they think it's dumb that you're you're watching people play a game and then my dad goes around and watches basketball so um <laughs> that that's where i'm at with this in my family my my brother plays overwatch my sister's tried to learn overwatch but um yeah my parents are not down with the esports
1: yeah and the, i feel like the most interesting thing the thing that makes me the most happy is like getting feedback from from people who are of an older generation than i am um, and listening to what they had to say. So one of them actually comes from techie, who is the uh, she's a team manager at the Academy of Art. She literally manages every single eSports team there, and she's still a student and she's working hard. i I give her a lot of props for doing what she does. Um, but her mom tuned into one of the casts when I was uh, casting one of their matches. and uh, the final comments that um, what is it? She she showed me a text like after the whole broadcast was over. And she's like, I like the commentator. I was not bored. And that's all I was like. I was like, that's it. I'm done. <laughs> I did my job. I I nice. I did entertainment in a way that people are not losing focus. And it, it's even harder when you can only when you only have yourself. Um there I don't have like a co-commentator or a co-caster with me when I do the academy of art stuff so it's just me and i have to figure out like what is my own tempo what am i gonna call at this right, moment right. so um I- i'm glad that people are following along like even if it's not necessarily like they might not understand everything um as long as they're entertained and as long as i can bring that knowledge into their living room that is the one thing that i'm just really like proud of for the most part how hard is it carrying all of that by yourself? Um, it is actually very difficult. <laughs> I'm not gonna lie because there are moments where like normally I would just be like, "Okay, so so what do you think about what do you think about this play?" and I just rely it on somebody else to kind of fill it in while I go get water or drink in the middle of the cast. um I don't have that luxury when i <laughs> when you solo cast when you solo cast, it's yeah. very difficult to like actually find time to drink water, so you're literally sitting there for like maybe two to three hours straight talking. And then if you don't get a break in between there, you're just going like the entire time. There's no dead time because you have to fill everything in. So it's just Mm -hmm. very difficult that way. But if you, if you make it work, it, it's good. It's just like, you know how to do both sides and it shows your flexibility in terms of commentating.
0: Is there anything else that we have that's really pressing on the news this week? Uh, we got through the coronavirus stuff. Yeah,
1: that's usually the big chunk of it. But I think that we're, I think we're good for for now. I don't think that there's anything uh, interesting coming up the pipeline. Uh, we still are going to be uh, trying to figure out what the league is going to be doing with the home stands now that um, the March and April games are going to be canceled or events are going to be canceled, not necessarily the games um we'll we'll see what happens.
0: yeah, I was looking forward to going to the l a games, but like, I mean, I'm out and about enough. my risk is already high. I mean, I guess anything to lower my risk is a good thing, so oh
1: well, yeah, we'll see what happens when it comes to the rest of the stories and if we are gonna have um if we're gonna have more games to cover.
0: Well, cool, cool. Thanks for tuning into the new segment of the podcast. Um, uh, please tune into the gameplay section, and we'll we'll talk about what happened with the second Washington Justice home stand. Stay safe, and uh, see you next week.
1: Next week, we see what's happening with the league after the cancellation. Thanks for listening to this week's episode.
0: If you like what you hear, please like, rate, and subscribe to us on all your favorite podcast platforms and follow us on all social media at Believe O-W-L. Questions or comments? Please send us an email at believeinowl at gmail.com. If you'd like to advertise with our show, please contact our network at believe.com.